no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. So last night I was watching this UFO documentary called Above Majestic. Really? Oh, yeah. I heard about this, actually. Is it good? This is the thing. Okay. I love me a convoluted two and a half hour long UFO documentary. Sure. Right? I love it. This is I a sat down. But this is a mainstream documentary because this is all like it's like kind of political too, right? It it gets there. Okay. This is my only issue. Okay. Is that it starts with the cool tagline about how the vestiges of the Majestic 12 group were a part of the planning committee that allowed 9-11 to happen okay. in accordance with the reptilians. Like very, very deep, 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 deep. The thing is, is that every one of these UFO documentaries, right. I love them, uh-huh. but they always got to start at the very beginning. Of course. It's like, I, but it's like I found this documentary because I'm already one of the lost souls that knows all this information. Yes. So all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I see the tagline, which is that I want to see how Majestic 12 was involved in 9-11. Right. But it always has to start with, and the... The Indian cultures knew with the Nagas, the serpentine people. And, they, and they, it starts always with the atomic explosions over ancient India. Right. And then it immediately has to be Nazis in Antarctica. Of course. And it's just like, I know this already. I know. Let's get to the new shit. I feel the same way every time I watch one of those Michael, Michael Moore, quote, documentaries, unquote. Um, all right, everyone. This is a last podcast on the left. Side stories. Uh, really excited oh, to be drinking side, <laughs> side stories. Side, side stories. stories. I am Ben Kissel, Travis Morningstar. You might hear him every now and again. Yes. Very subtly. And of course, we got Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, man. We want to. Th- yeah. Yes. I'm auditioning therapists this week. I know you are. And uh, evidently, I'm sure they're already horrified of the potential. Can you of- handle the heat? I- Can you handle the heat? I don't know. You better get yourself some heat. Clothes? I don't know, man. I don't know what the term is. That is true. Henry Zabrowski, he fired his uh, most recent therapist over email, I believe, uh, and the therapist did not respond. And now you have two other therapists, and you're looking to make their lives miserable. Who's in the lead right now to take care of your brain? I believe the one that uses Jungian archetypes. Oh. Uh, but what we're going to have is the two of them in the same room with me, uh-huh. and I'm going to yell and yell and yell uh-huh. until one faints. <laughs> And then does is the fainter the winner or the loser? No, the loser. Oh, okay. No, it has to be the one who's rigid with their eyes open that like and they like in Clockwork Orange. Good. Like that has to be they need to have all eyes on me. They should both fear and respect me. It's always good to treat a therapist the same way you would train a dog. Uh <laughs> train a therapist the same way you would train a dog. That's really healthy. I told you guys my psychiatrist's really powerful advice that he gave me. He's, what was oh yes. He said, um, whenever you're eating beef or drinking milk, uh-huh. think cow. Uh-huh. Courage, optimism, work ethic. Right. We talked this about is what I'm looking for. Yes. This but, is the kind of, this is what I need. But that is not the, a c- proper acronym for courage, optimism, work ethic, because there's no E in cow. It's two words, work ethic. It doesn't make no, any work sense. Work ethic. Work ethic. Ugh. But a part of it is that it should have been courage, optimism. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, first up, we want to thank everyone in Indianapolis and Chicago. We filmed our first special this past weekend. Uh, it was it was amazing. So thank you so much, Chicago. Two great crowds. Indeed, you are also incredible. Um, so that special will be coming out in a couple of weeks here. It's going to be $6.66. And I yeah, really think... Yeah. In, in love of our dear Lord and Savior of, of knowledge and illumination, Lucifer. Uh-huh. And I hope you guys are going to enjoy it. 
because you can. It's for those of you that have not seen us live, or right. we could didn't get your city, so you could see the show that we did this year. And now that shows. Now that show goes into the fucking grave. That show is now deceased. It's in the grave. Uh, tombstone. Last podcast on the left. Nothing but trouble to her. So please, if you if you're going home for uh, the holidays. Uh, you don't want to spend time with your family, just go down to the basement, buy it on demand, and uh, you will be able to enjoy us three questionably-looking people. Um, and uh, anyway, so that'll be coming out very soon, and we're really excited about it. So thanks so much, uh, everyone in Chicago, and thank you for the uh, production company who did such a great job uh, filming it. Okay. I think that you guys, too, in the same way we've presented many other material, it's really the the best way to watch our special is with no clothes <laughs> just so that you can really let it all out have you ever eaten naked kissel i do it every day yeah i think that really is the that's the spot you want to be in that's the key level of relaxation well, you want to be at when you allow our words to slide yes. all over your body well speaking of chicago there was a small incident that happened to me in my hotel room great hotel ace hotel i uh, i woke up in the morning and there was just a lot of chips in the toilet, and I, I had no idea. I, I was like, what the hell happened? And then I do recall eating chips, speaking of being nude, on the toilet, and then my toilet was pl- uh, plugged. It was clogged, and I and a woman came in, and then I said, please get out of here. I'm too embarrassed. And then I came back after we recorded the show, our live taping, and they had they had fixed the toilet, but I just want to apologize to the Ace Hotel. <laughs> I don't even know how the chips got in there, um, but it was uh, kind of disturbing. You are... A monster. <laughs> I don't know why you thought that you should put chips and the sausages. I was you said the sausages from the thing because I ate those sausages. They're very greasy. I did not, not like good. those sausages. No, but then you threw them in the toilet. No, I was trying to be clean. I don't. We don't have time to do a deep dive on this. Okay. We're, I mean, I think you need to see this Jungian specialist yes. to find out what the archetypes of the lumps that you try to cram this toilet fill. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, later on in this episode, we're going to get to the death of missionary John Chow. That story is woo, absolutely out there. Good riddance. Absolutely. But first, let's just start with one that's short and sweet. Dare I say, about as long as a nice toot. Uh, this, let's go to Florida here. This is in Dana Beach, Florida. You know about Dana Beach, Florida, Henry? You ever heard of that? No, I, I met her, but she, she's mean. <laughs> so a Florida woman faces an aggravated assault charge after authorities say she passed gas in line at a dollar store and then pulled a knife on a man who complained about it. This is according Fuck to yeah. uh, this is according to Broward Sheriff's Office report. The Miami Herald reports 37-year-old Shanette Yvette Wilson, which I love that name, Shanette Yvette Wilson, passed gas while waiting in line at a Dollar General. This was on Sunday evening, and an upset near nearby customer and upset a nearby customer the report says the offended customer and wilson then got into an argument quote in reference to the defendant farting loudly it says wilson then pulled a small folding knife out of her purse and told the victim she was quote going to gut him while moving as if to attack him <laughs> wilson was arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without the intent to, uh, to kill it's unclear if she had a lawyer. I got to say, if someone's, you're in a Dollar General, that, that's a hostile line to begin with. No one's really happy to be there. Well, you better be on edge and be ready to defend yourself. You better be. Uh, but now you got someone who's passing gas. Do you audibly say, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that in this in the sanctity of a Dollar General? If there's ever a place where there's going to be someone, a customer in line, doing a little gas tooting, doing a little bit of uh, excavating of, uh, of steam out of their butt, it would be a Dollar General. 
Why? What? You know, I mean, I don't think I'd say anything. I can't imagine being so offended by somebody's fart. I mean, first of all, if you're going to full on rip an audible fart, <laughs> and if you look the way this woman does in her mugshot, she is very serious. Very serious. Very serious. So she farts real hard. Right. She must have some form of, uh, honestly, she must have like a yoga pant on or some Maybe. form of tight on in order for you to fully hear a woman's fart. Because I'm going to I'm gonna put this out there. Okay. Maybe this is incorrect. Ladies, ladies, Uh-oh. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but most women's farts I've heard are smaller. Well, you know, Henry, it's funny you mentioned that. There was actually a Mythbusters. It was like season like 1000. <laughs> and when they were really were out of myths to bust, and they did bust the myth, do women fart? Yes, that was a real show on the Discovery, a real yes. uh, a real subject so on the they, Discovery Channel they show. They fact-checked <laughs> a Club Comics like work. <laughs> yes. They fact-checked an open mic comedian's uh, a bit or premise for a bit. And it turns out, Henry, I don't want to blow your mind, but they do. They do. I know. I know that they do. But I'm just postulating that if you are strong enough to sit just online and in flagrante, you just openly, loudly fart. Right. And a, a part of it is to me, it's like I understand her reaction up to a point because people get offended by us occasionally. Sure. And it gets to a point where it's being like, well, you could either not say something, but if you do say something, if I had a folding knife, maybe I would lunge at you. Okay. Because in the end, unfortunately, I'm a reactionary person. Right. Right. So I understand her mentality. Sure. But a part of it is that you'd think. You'd save it for the car, yes. like a little bit. Like you yeah. think that, or you do the thing which I have done, which is purse the lips as you move towards the exit slowly. Right. You let it out. Right. Bit by bit by bit as you walk <laughs> out of the store, use some control, use some discipline. Yes. Or you can do the thing where you just keep it inside and then it bubbles up like you're a Culligan, uh, you know, water. What do you call those things? A water keg? And you can what? Water cooler. You're a water cooler? <laughs> a water keg. Anything that's in a, anything that contains water that's larger than a cup, I just call it a keg. And uh, yeah, and then you can feel the, the gas go back into your stomach. And then really, that's an assault on yourself. So honestly, you shouldn't be, I don't think you should actually be holding in farts. No. That thing actually does hurt you. Yes. I'm not sure. But this also takes place between Hollywood, Florida, and the Fort Lauderdale Airport. Ooh. Um, so it's a very special part of Florida <laughs> that I really think that this just indicates the temperament yes. of the city of, of Dana Beach. Absolutely. I mean, dollar stores, I, I mean, I go there all the time. I'm never going to malign the dollar store, although the first time I ever went to a dollar general and I realized they do have things that are over a dollar, I thought the entire thing was a lie. But uh, it's just full of professional wrestlers looking for cheap, like, you know, cooking equipment to hit each other with in the ring. It's looking for grandmothers uh, who don't really care about their grandchildren, but they have to buy them a toy. And then or it- grandmothers with advanced dementia. Oh, yes. And they, that's where they end up getting the toys. And it's a lot of also recently divorced dads yes. or separated fathers getting gifts on their way to pick up their kids for the weekend. And it's also the dollar store's uh, little-known fact Great place to get Hormel chili that's almost expired, but really, really cheap. And if you eat it day of, you're probably not going to get sick and die. So no. it's a good thing to do. So You're not going to die. You're just going to maybe shit a real long time. Honestly, it's a perfect circle. She probably has purchased some Hormel chili from that dollar store. She went back to maybe buy more. A fart happens naturally because that's how science works. 
We got someone complaining in the background. I don't necessarily disagree. I think she was overreacted. She overreacted, and dare I say, the guy overreacted. And, you know, it was a pocket knife. You can't do too much. It's interesting they didn't charge her with attempted murder. Um, They said without the intent to kill, although she did say she was going to gut him. And my understanding is that uh, that would kill you. But what do I know? She... She seemed to be exaggerating her capabilities with that folding knife. Right. I don't know if it necessarily, it wasn't like she pulled out a fucking machete (laughs) to fucking stab him in the fucking guts. It was like a little folding knife. Right. But man, oh man, would I not want to meet her at the post office. Oh yeah. She's just got to be, if that's her level of intensity... Just in the middle of a day. What's her level of intensity when she's doing something really hard oh my or when she's God. having a bad day? Absolutely. You know? Meet her at a DMV. Uh, she, oh you want to be in her wake because she's going to get exactly what she wants when she wants it. Just follow her through. Um, all right. So that's a story coming out of Florida. Uh, who knows how much time she'll serve. Hopefully, we don't know if she has a lawyer, but hopefully she gets a good public defender who stands up for the right to fart. I was listening to a very interesting talk about uh, from a defense attorney who was talking about public defenders. And really, again, it's all just about how much money you have. Of that course. You can do so much to throw doubt into the trial as if you have money to literally start doing the Bill Clinton debating the right. definition of the word is. And you start looking at the seats that everybody's sitting on and how <laughs> the seats that happen at the crime could have all of that bullshit is pretty great. Right. Um, all right. I want to do a little UFO deep dive. If you want to just... This is real quick. Okay. So this is before we go to our main story. There's two little words I'm going to put in your mouth that are very, very interesting. One is just uh, the first recorded unknown object that washed ashore in 1803 in Japan. Hmm. And it's called, it was called the Utsuro Bune uh, in the Hitachi province. And what's interesting is that it's kind of shaped like the end of one of the wands. <laughs> what do you mean? End of one of the wands? <laughs> yeah. You've seen those Hitachi wands. Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the big boys. Yeah. The big boys. The one that takes diesel, right? Uh-huh. Those ones. The ones that you <laughs> the one you use to scare the dog. I see. Okay. You know? Um, so when defining Utsuro Bune, the Bune part means boat, while Utsuro simply means empty or hollow. According to a legend, an attractive young woman aged 18 to 20 years old, ooh, yeah. Okay. Arrived on a local beach aboard the hollow ship. On February 22nd, 1803, hmm. fishermen brought her inland to investigate further, quote-unquote, investigate further. This is old-school parchment porn. Like, you know how they used to porn used to be on vases? Oh, sure. Vases used to not be boring. Right, absolutely. They used to put dick and vagina on them. Right, and God knows, I guess those vases were filled with things other than water, I suppose. Beer. Oh, Okay. And honey, which actually can last mm, for a thousand years. It actually doesn't expire. No kidding. But the woman was unable to communicate in Japanese. Okay. She was very different than anyone else, different looking. The fishermen then returned her and her vessel to the sea hmm. where it drifted away. It is very, very interesting. It's a part of uh, Japanese folklore, and there's a lot to go into about it. So I feel like that's more of like a good, f- it's, it's really fun for you to maybe look into. So now, um, what they was, said they, so what was the vessel? Was it a real tangible you could touch it vessel or was it like a ghost ship 
It, it, they said it's supposed to be the upper part appeared to be made of red coated rosewood, while the lower part was covered with these with plates. Hmm. Uh, it seemed to be it was covered in kind of like in metal, right? The shape of the hollow boat it resembled a wooden rice pit, hmm. and they said this woman she was beautiful, right? And then she had red hair and eyebrows. Okay, and the hair was elongated by artificial white extensions. So she was some kind of cyber goth. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> Christina Aguilera when she went through the uh, white. Extension oh, phase. Love Christina. Extina. I miss Sextina. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the skinned lady was very pale pink color. It's, if you should not understand the, the fisherman, this is very, very interesting. It's a part of what they said. It's like, but I love this because eventually this will be one of those stories that we will cover when we do a USO episode, which is not the, the military entertaining show. Yeah, what is that? I don't know what that stands for. It's... Uh, Unidentified submerged object, oh. which is a whole other side of UFOs, which are just UFOs that are under the water. Interesting. And now, correct me if I'm wrong. Good chance. Great chance of that. Um, I know 95%, they say, of the oceans is uninhabitable or unvisited. Yes. And they're saying we're seeing all these... Um, you know, not not necessarily the blue, but there's a lot of new creatures coming to the surface because of global warming, climate change, those kinds of things. Do you think that's where they're at? If we're gonna, if you're gonna find an alien, do you got a better chance of going high or going low? Or is it just alien to us because it's something that we've never discovered before? But it's also the idea, then you're getting into the whole hollow earth theory. Ah. You're getting into the idea that aliens have been here forever and they live maybe in our oceans. So they live deep down in one of the various caverns in our mountain ranges. Uh, I don't know. I guarantee if there was a giant squid circling the moon, though, we mm. would not have um, traveled to the moon. You know, like Definitely. the reason why we haven't the reason why we haven't explored all of the ocean is because there's giant fucking terrifying monsters down there. I am horrified of the ocean. Every time I, I've been in, uh, been in the ocean a few times in Florida. Uh, one time, it was around 3 o'clock in the morning, I just finished going to a series of bars, I took off all of my clothes, and I ran into the ocean, and if I was not six foot seven, I would have died, uh, because yes. I realized high tide, that's, the ocean's real strong, and I, I seriously yeah. would have been swept, if I was like six feet tall, I would have been swept away, but the, it hit my chest, and I was like, thank God, because I was very close to just being disappeared, all of my clothes would have just been found on the beach, and they'll be like, I wonder what happened, maybe it was an alien abduction, uh, but most likely my friends would be like, no, he definitely got hammered and took off all of his clothes, and he went skinny dipping the skinny dipping in the ocean. Um, hey guys, look, look, I'm a drunken log, <laughs> and everyone's laughing and laughing until you actually become a drunken log, and you right. literally are just a dead body. I got real lucky on that, because as soon as I got out, I finally put, I put my clothes on, like I as soon as I put my uh, my pants on, a group like on a really nice date, a man and a woman, they were walking down, and I was like, "Thank God, thank God, I didn't just commit a felony on accident." Hi, how you doing? I've- I floated here from England. You know what I mean? Like, you just do that. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of people washing ashore, let's get to the big story of the week involving a missionary named John Chow. This story this, has a lot of twists and turns. So, this fucking guy, uh, man, I hate his face. Well, I don't know. You know, he got what he wanted. He wanted to uh, give his life uh, to Christ, and indeed Congrats. he did give his life to Christ. He died uh, for his beliefs. So I suppose from that perspective, 
um, he's he's brave in his own way. He's like Joan of Arc. He is a little bit like Joan of Arc. So two weeks ago, a young American made a doomed mission to North Sentinel Island. And now that North Sentinel Island, it's a speck in the Bay of Bengal a, and home to perhaps the most isolated people on Earth. Now, there's not many of these folks. There's only about 50 of them. And a little, That's it? There's only about 50 of them. And a little backstory: the, the whole island is about the size of Manhattan, not nearly as many tall buildings. That's that's fair to say. But what happened? <laughs> in the, uh, hey, you got to have a joke out there for the parents, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, in the late 1800s, um, early 1900s, uh, the British used to go over to this island. And one time, they ended up kidnapping a few uh, members of this tribe. They brought them brought them back uh, to the UK. And these people died, like, immediately. They say yes. that a common cold would wipe them out because, uh, again, they have not met with anybody else. These, they're the most isolated tribe currently in the world, or at least one of them. So this dude, uh, he heard about this tribe, and he really wanted to go since he was a kid. I don't know. Most kids fantasize about maybe catching a touchdown in the Super Bowl or getting into the NBA or being a pro wrestler or even being a comedian. It's a type of the weirdest, crookedest ambition that seems to take place inside of this type of evangelical Christian mind. Right. Where he believed in his heart of hearts is that it, it was like what you said. Instead of being like, I want to win an Oscar for best actor, it's that I want to go to the place where everybody goes, dies. <laughs> and I want to bring Jesus to these people who don't want it. And that's like the most difficult way to evangelize in the world. Being like, why don't you just play college basketball? Sure. Or, you know, there's a lot of people who need saving in I don't know Northern California I have no idea there's a lot of places you could go to evangelize and there is a certain amount of ego that goes along with this man's mission right where he's just like I'm the only one that can possibly do this so there's a lot to unwrap as far as his training and all that stuff we'll get to that in a second so this tribe because of what happened in the past uh, anyone who has approached their island has, you know, been dealt with. Whether they um, ever get on it is one thing. Usually, what would happen is they just shoot a bunch of arrows at you right. if you got too close, and everybody be like, "That's a good warning not to go there." So <laughs> yeah. he got dropped off. This dude got dropped off by a bunch of fi- or by a fisherman, a group of fishermen. And those fishermen, by the way, have since been charged with aiding and abetting in his death. Uh, so John Chow ruined a lot of lives here. And the fishermen would drop him off about a mile and a half offshore. He took a little boat from their fisher, fisherman boats, and then he would go by themselves because they knew that this is not a place where anyone except for that tribe should be. And I would always say that's a telltale sign that you should probably not go. If the fishermen aren't going, you don't need to be there. Also, it was illegal to step foot on the island. Yes. You already are breaking laws by going. The, all of these people had to be bribed. Yes, so they these, were. So this was several visits over to the uh, the Adamina Island chain. So he had been kind of working this out. So they were bringing them there against their will to begin with, but they were essentially purchased. And then they just kind of dropped them, and they were like, see ya, like knowing, for, knowing what's going to fucking happen to him. And then right. him out there like fucking uh, the jerk, <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> like paddling in with a bunch of fish and right. gifts for them. 
So what happened was, this is according to a New York Times article, uh, the, the tribe had attacked anyone trying to step onto their shore, appearing virtually naked and firing arrows. So when he came to their shore the first time, he went there one time and then went back, and then he went back again. So the first time he went there, he wore nothing. You remember that scene in 007 in James Bond when it was, uh, what's the name of the super attractive dude? The, the guy who was too attractive to play James Bond. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce no, Brosnan. not Pierce. Not Pierce. The jacked. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. That was my favorite Bond. Well, I think he was too attractive, but that's just me. Interesting. Uh, Daniel Craig, when he comes out of the water, he's wearing those nice silver Speedos. He wore black Speedos and nothing else. No shoes, no nothing, no shirt, no pants, because he thought that the tribe would then relate to him. So that was his first time going. He steps on shore, and a young boy takes an arrow and shoots it right through his Bible. That's according to the Fucking, story. It's the funnest <laughs> thing in the world because he he like lifted up the Bible. He says, hello, I'm John. I love you and Jesus loves you. Right. He said a child of the tribe just lifted up his arrow, arrow through the Bible. Arrow? And he was just like, and his comment, according to his diaries, because he ended up leaking a couple of his diaries yes. uh, to... Uh, Two people because he wanted people to hear his message. Right. So he left a, he left a, le- a couple pages of what he was r- r- writing to, with these fishermen to take back. And his reaction to the Bible getting hit with an arrow. Mm-hmm. I stumbled back and recall yelling at the kid for shooting me. Now as I look back at it, my Bible cover looks like bark, like tree bark. So maybe he was just curious. But yikes! It sure gave me a fright. Yes, and yes, it should have given you a fright. You know, this reminds me of when we did our show in in Vancouver on East Hastings Street, and every single taxi dropped us off five blocks away from the venue. We did go in and do that show, but that was also the closest we ever got to being murdered on the street, and that was yes. in North America. So you yes. can imagine how dangerous this is. So, and he wrote that that journal entry. He secluded himself in a hotel room for ten days before the first trip. Now, some people said that it was because. Uh, he was uh, real nervous and he was preparing, but other people do believe out of respect for the tribe, he didn't want to get them sick whatsoever, so he really wanted to take care of himself. So he's in this hotel, he's getting ready, he doesn't want to get sick, theoretically again, out of respect for the tribe. And again, this is a really controversial thing, even by evangelical leaders. This is this has sprung quite a debate on what is good missionary work and what is dumb missionary work. So he goes one time, shot through the Bible, convinces the fishermen to take him back again. The second time, not so fortunate, they ended up uh, shooting him multiple times with arrows, pretty much like um, like D-Day. It happened quick. As soon as he... Yeah, it went... Fum, 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 and then he was just gone. Like, he, didn't, he barely got off the boat. Because yep. apparently what he said is that he got out of the boat, number one, to show them that he had legs. Because he wanted them to see that he had legs, which is true. And then he started throwing fish at them. Yes. Saying it was a gift. And and he and as he's waiting up, because then they showed up. Just imagine you don't you you are the most isolated tribe on earth. This random creature comes up, black speedo, and just starts tossing fish at your family. Like, what are you- read my book. Read my book, (laughs) wouldn't you please? Read my book. I think immediately they're all like 
go fuck this guy. First of all, this guy can go fuck himself. We've seen this before. They've talked about this before. Obviously, they knew interiorly. They've had had shithead white people show up many, many times to try to to make them sick, to try to enslave them, try to give them their Christ, Mm -hmm. and they've always killed them. So now it's almost... I bet you they're, like, looking forward to it. I think there's a point where they're, like, Mm. all of the kids are, like... Daddy, daddy, is it true? Is it true? Is the white killed man here yet? And they're like, yes, son, finally the day has come. And they're all like excited for it, getting their shit all extra sharp. Well, it must have been an exciting day. I I don't know really a lot of what happens on that, but I would assume this doesn't happen too often um, because most people understand what danger means. But the first time, so they let him out with the boat, right, to roll up to shore. Yes. He showed up in the kayak. He got up to show them, and he had legs. They approached him. So before they first attacked him, they did look at him. He came. He was yelling at them right. in his version of, because he sort of learned a little bit of Sengalese, right? He learned a little, little bit of but it. But Sengalese isn't even the language that they speak. That's the, They speak, they're like so far off. Like it's, uh, anthropologists still have no clue how to yes. break down their language. It's, it's um, as close to an alien language on Earth as you can get. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, you don't need to. It's you a lot. Need to learn. Yeah. Just leave them alone. Leave them alone. So he showed up, he's babbling at him, showing them the Bible. The first thing they do is he's they go and they rob it. They take everything out of his 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 kayak. Right. And he's like, yes, have. Please have. <laughs> and then they just took the kayak. And they're like, okay. They take the kayak and they just pull it into the forest. And he's like, then they hit him with the arrow through the Bible. <sighs> and he's like, oh, okay. He has to then swim back to the fishermen that are pulling out. They're all leaving him. Right. So this time they do the same thing. They drop him off as he, he literally has to swim up to the island and then they just fucking straight murder they him. They straight murdered him, and so his body, it's still on the island. All law enforcement is like, no, we're not going to be able to get that body because we don't want to have the same fate as he did. And again, as I said, this is heavily debated as was this appropriate to do given the history of uh, the people there and, of course, given the history of what's happened to the people previously there from colonial rule. This is according to John Bodley, or Bodley. He's an anthropologist at Washington State. He says, there is no question that this attempt to make contact was totally wrong and a major violation of their human rights and autonomy. He goes on to say, outsiders need to respect their wishes and treat them with dignity and as fellow human beings. Respect means we don't assume to know better how they should live. So uh, anthropologists and religious officials alike are saying this dude bit off a little bit more than he sh- than he could chew. And there's a couple of things that are part of this that are also very questionable. So he was trained by this company called All Nations in Kansas. And a part of this is train and go thing that they have, which is ideas that they go. So this All Nations, uh, just just because this is so, this is one of the strangest parts of this story. So this All Nations in Kansas, first of all, it's Kansas, not All Nations by any stretch of the imagination, but this is a specific evangelical training seminar or camp more like, uh, and this trains missionaries to go to different parts of the world, that, and uh, they train them in ways that are extremely humorous, in my opinion. It's an incredible 
There's an incredible comedy movie in this. <laughs> they do this thing called the Church Planting Experience, okay. otherwise known as the CPX. <laughs> church Planting Experience, which is they do it too with the underscore the the lowercase e and a capital X experience. Uh-huh. Like when they do it, is designed to teach you the heart of simple church planting. CPX teach you how to plant basic essential churches that are easy to teach locals to lead because uh-huh. we teach the core of the Christian message. These churches rapidly multiply through people groups. Oh. Because that's what they say about the th- this group of people. They call them people groups, not countries. Okay. So that's what they say is that it's just a group of people so you can go and you can give them Christ. And so what they did <sighs> to train uh, John Chow yes. is that they dropped him off in the middle of the wilderness yes. and didn't tell him where he was going. Like when they were shooting Blair Witch <laughs> <laughs> and other members of the church yes. went out and found him. Dressed up as natives. <laughs> yes. This is not a bit. No, this is in order for him to test his language and bridge building techniques. Yes. Speaking with people that are supposed to be people that are unaware of American culture. Right. And so this was a three week seminar in total. This was just one of the exercises. So they drop him off in a remote location and encountering a faux tribe, they carried fake spears. And they spoke gibberish, which reminded me of uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's exercise in This Is America, where they're yes. like trying to, where the guy was trying to emulate, I believe, uh, Chinese people or, or what, a, what a terrorist would sound like or and something. Also, Richard Dreyfus did do this in Krippendorf's tribe. I remember that. Yes, yeah. that's right. You, you are a bitch. You are a bitch. So, can you imagine watching, I would assume, to, to, I, I think it's safe to say predominantly white people dressing up. As their idea of what people in a tribe look like in uh, in this country with fake spears and then speaking their version of gibberish, the problematic things that must have occurred during this one exercise is worthy of a film. I would watch this movie. And a part of it is the way they talked about the other ways they trained him is that they supposedly he got inoculized for 12 different diseases. Yes. And they said the way that you could really, you know, he quarantined himself for 12 days. Right. Right. Which is what they said is that what you need to do to get all the germs off of you, uh-huh. which is just not how <laughs> it works. No. Does no. it work like that? Right. These people have never, ever fucking been around somebody outside of their small community, no matter it, it just shit, it just doesn't work well, like that. You'd have to be scoured with with hot water and desalinization. You yeah. wear a fucking suit. No, it's ridiculous. The idea that the the common cold is on your skin. Uh, I mean, and again, this tribe that he went to see, Western breath will kill them. It is a biological weapon uh, for these people. They have ne- they have no contact. And you imagine whenever you go to Canada, you get sick. For like a day because you're like, there's a different germ here. Just imagine an entirely different universe coming over to your universe. Of course you're going to get sick. Also, I'm from yeah. Kansas and they can't even recreate a nativity scene. So I wonder <laughs> I wonder what these <laughs> natives look like. They must I honestly, have, would, I, I I honestly, I honestly think they look like um, Vietnam vets. Like, and that's yeah. their idea of native tribes people. Oh it's my like, God. I honestly think that they're just doing a complete and total, they're doing a complete and total reshoot of Krippendorf's drive. This is what they're doing. It's the same exact shit. Well, they, so there's a couple of interesting little tidbits. Okay. Um, so he 
They gave him EMT training, which right. is, they said, the only medical training he need. He was majoring in sports science at a Christian college, which they said also gave him the edge that he needed to take care of the natives if he had to. And then apparently, all of this was seemed to be sponsored by a company called Perky Jerky. A <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I actually... micro-influencers. Right. Perky Jerky. They gave him free jerky. What were they thinking? Like, we're going to open up a new market place. It's going to be a North Sentinel Island, a total of 50 new customers. <laughs> They're going to love our perky jerky. Oh my God. It's totally kid, ridiculous. Man. So he, he just filled with the type of, uh, type of, uh, he's got the type of ambition that he just should have gotten to any other business. Any other business. So uh, John Chow, he reportedly learned about North Sentinel, about the North Sentinelese people on a website for the Joshua Project. Now this, uh, which is just, the Joshua Project is described as, quote, a research initiative seeking to highlight the ethnic people groups of the world with the fewest followers of Christ. Honestly, Ugh. even if every single person on that island was a follower of Christ, that's still only 50 people. So it is not even in, it's not even a good place to go for that reason. This is an organization that has kamikaze evangelism. Yes, that's what this is. Yes, and, and he also was he also was he was majoring in sports science at Oral Roberts University, <sighs> which I don't know like what does that even mean? It's We're just, like, well, Jesus, he had definitely. Are you going to talk about the? Are you going to talk about analyzing the lower back problems <laughs> of Jesus Christ as he's carrying the cross during the station? Honestly, I would not be surprised if that was mentioned. So Chow was repeatedly warned that if he goes, he's going to be killed. But this is this is for you, Henry. Chow believed that his smaller size, being five foot six inches and one hundred and thirty pounds, might make him less intimidating than previous travelers uh, to the island who were. <laughs> killed so he really flipped and reversed human nature which is like he's like i'm smaller i'll be safe that's really not how it works yeah that is not my thinking when it comes to my own size i could see that he's correct up to a point maybe but still just because you're just because you show up as a sitcom actor size doesn't mean necessarily they're going to find you as engaging as nbc's audience right you know what else it could have been is that some of his classmates at oral roberts said Having a conversation with John was like having a conversation with someone who reached out their hand and put it on your heart to feel the way it beats. When he looked at me, it was like someone who really saw me, like I could take off my mask of who I pretended to be. (sighs) That's is is everyone that he speaks to Ted Bundy. Do they really just like I in public? I am fake, but I can talk to you, John. It's like you can't. What masks are you wearing? Uh, internal masks are you wearing when you talk to normal people? But also part of it is really pedantic about his journals. Was like He said this, like one of the final paragraphs of his journal was, Lord, is this island Satan's last stronghold where none have heard or even had the chance to hear your name? Which is, the, the his mother provided all of these journals to Washington Post thinking that it would help clarify his sacrifice, but it just makes him look like a fucking asshole. Well, you know, the ego is really strong in this guy, and I suppose that was his fatal sin. Uh, this is according to a religious scholar. His name is Scott Moreau. And again, the religious community, evangelicals, they are anti it. They are anti as well. The vast majority of of quotes that I've seen are anti it. So this is Scott Moreau. He's a professor at Wheaton College Graduate School in Illinois. 
Uh, little known fact, I lived in Wheaton, Illinois from the ages of three to six. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? Uh, that's dad fact of the day. Oh. Uh, Scott Moreau says, quote, I am appalled by the knee. I am appalled by the naivete of thinking you go on a beach, you throw a fish at some people, you holler at them, (laughs) and then you come back and spend the night and everything is going to be fine. Uh, He continued, it doesn't show much sensitivity and it doesn't show much common sense. So he really doesn't have, uh, he doesn't even have his community's uh, support in this, except for, of course, the all nations in Kansas. Yes, which is, uh, I mean, I guess who else do you need? And you, what I find about what, what I find fun about the All Nations website too is that they have not updated their blog until his murder. The last <laughs> time they updated their blog was in 2014, and then in 2018, we're like, in loving memory of <laughs> missionary of Christ John Chow, All Nations grieves reported death of humble, courageous missionary on remote Indian Ocean island. And this is the thing, as a person who does identify as a Satanist, we don't evangelize. We don't believe in evangelizing. But because part of it is that we have to stay at a four-star hotel. Is that part of your religion? Like that's a part of it is that I have to look at thread count. You're, before the part I of your religion is that you have to stay at like only a, a Hilton, no Sheridans allowed. No, 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 Sheraton. No, 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 no. We're talking about an elevated chain. I uh, need a Rosewood. I need something like a BMG. Like I need something in that world. Starwoods. That's more important. For a Satanist. Um, and also, because it's because I know I am trying to find more peace with even just the, the Christian belief system. I understand it helps a lot of people. And that, that if that's what your fucking prerogative, if sure, whatever. I mean, you're a part of a gigantic web of pedophiles, but not all of them are. You know what I mean? A lot of sure. them, feel most people are normal. But when it comes to this bullshit, this is the example of why Christianity has a bad name all over the world. Because they show up trying to evangelize all these people that got nothing to do, but they didn't even ask you to come. Right, absolutely. Uh, I, I would have to say I disagree with this. Let people be. Um, of course, there are some good Christian charities who do a lot of good works. I'm not just uh, uh, maligning all of them. This this is just a specific case that you can just do really good things in the world without um, the addition of, of trying to save people's souls. Because, uh, of course, the very premise is that you're assuming those individuals are wrong and they're immediately going to hell unless you save them. And it's just it's offensive on its face. People, in my personal well, opinion, are born good uh, no matter what. Uh, but anyway, well, it's so- like. People that grow up wanting to be president, if you really believe that you have the wherewithal to to run the complicated country that is in America and that you're the only person that can't do it, you're a f- deeply flawed person that should not be president. Like, it should be against your will. I think it should be given to somebody in terms of, like, someone who has been trained to do it. You can't just sh- – like, people who believe in themselves that much are very dangerous. Here's a quote from Pam Arland. Now, she is the director of the training for All Nations, the missionary group, as we mentioned, that trained Chow. So this is what she said. She said, we made it very clear the scope of the help that we could give him. She goes on to say, John was not reckless or extreme at all, and he had put together a very what? reasonable plan. That's not true. That's no. the exact opposite. Henry, she says he put together a very reasonable plan. The entire plan is by definition. Unreasonable. Unreasonable. So she goes on to say he had counted the costs and knew that he might lose his life, but he had also put plans in place to protect the North Centralese. That is because 
He loved them. So this is according to a person who has a podcast blog called Failed Missionary. That person's name is Corey Pig. Um, <laughs> Mr. Pig <laughs> that is unfortunate. He's based out in Germany and regularly conducted short-term missions to China overseeing a group. He said they often enter the country illegally, and he felt that the group was put at risk by an absence of appropriate oversight and the glorification of those who were persecuted for their faith. He goes on to say, the more martyr complex tales you can send, the better, because that drives funding. I wanted to go to China because it was closed, he said, and I was programmed to think that was very noble. So, of course, funding is uh, always the uh, backbone of these uh, institutions and these so-called religious academies or training institutions. So, Just anything called oral robbers. <laughs> It's still disgusting to me. It's still just like, oh, that's just... Well, it's a very religious school. So that is what happened with John Chow. So... If you are, if you do want to do missionary work again, you can go to places that aren't going to kill you, and you could actually maybe help out some people and not kill them with a cough. Um, anyway, so there, there's you know that where story. they need Christian, you know where they need Christian outreach downtown Los Angeles. That would be you know great. I mean? Like that's the kind of places that that needs Christian outreach. Sure, Brownsville, New York <laughs> needs Christian outreach. They need like yes. a bunch of people that are willing to go help a bunch of people with the actual Christian ideology of helping those that need help, giving to those who don't have, uh, being there to help ease people's suffering. That's what I thought that was supposed hey, to be and about. you know what again you can always just do really really good things uh out of the kindness of your own heart without without any invisible person <laughs> telling you all that right. you have to do them you could just do them all but, right you know, so that that's is, our stance here obviously that's our opinion of course on this show just be nice to people. because yeah yeah just be nice to people um all right. Well, lastly, uh, we got this story sent to us a bunch, so I just want to debunk it. There was a story about this dude, Jasper, uh, Jasper Smith, uh, who was supposedly arrested in North Carolina for selling, ener- for selling energy drinks laced with methamphetamine. Unfortunately, this story was too good to be true. Uh, it's a common yes. uh, internet lie that's been going on, I guess, for a year or so. Uh, the mugshot, the, the, the thing is, if you see a mugshot that looks too perfect for the story— it tends to be fake. Uh, like the like, what was that one story? The Satanist guy who had a bunch of like, I don't know, cadavers in his attic or something like that. There was, there's yeah. always a story that they just put the mugshot to, and then they're like, this guy obviously sold energy drinks um, for twenty bucks a pop that were loaded with methamphetamine, but it is not a true story. So it's a great mugshot, though. It's a great, mug and again, shot. sometimes it's just about the story that you're building. Yeah, Sometimes it's like we're just we're happy, you know, like you just gotta. I get it. It's a fun story. It doesn't technically hurt anybody. No, the story originally appeared on a website called Stupid. dot com. Uh, oh, it's it's stupid. S T U P P I D. Uh, yes. which, is- <laughs> which we've learned to not do articles based off of comedy, uh, d- d- weird, fake news. This is why people don't believe in climate change. It's like that is true because of yes. this meth story, like the way that it was just like cobbled together from pieces of a- another story yeah. from stupid.com oh, and also, then propagated all over. Oh, I have another. Or you know what they do? You know what they do sometimes? They fucking hide Jonas Brothers lyrics <laughs> into yeah. what ends up being a what you thought was a funny article, and then you have to spend literally. Really, still dealing with it, uh-huh. having to still tell people we don't know who the Joe's don't are, care, and I don't know what these lyrics are. Uh, I've never heard the song. I still have not heard the busted song. There's another Snopes article here. Uh, ben Kissel does like a Bud Light Lime. False. 
Look at that. Finally. <laughs> oh, no, no. Good, you're just now you it. see how you're annoying it gets. It. We haven't seen the evidence. Sometimes Snopes is wrong, though. But thank you so much for sending us all the stories. Or not all the stories, but many of the stories we talk about here on Side Stories. I mean, honestly, you guys alert us to a lot of cool stuff, and we got some great stories this week that we'll have to do next week because there were just so many. And again, uh, in a couple of weeks, our special will be out. That show is scrapped, so you won't be um, you won't be uh, losing anything when we go on tour next year. We're going to have a whole new show. Have no idea what it is yet, but we're going to figure it out, I am sure, because we'll have to. Um, we're going to have to write it. We, we, have, have, to write we it. have to write that show. That's right. That's the next show we're going to have to write because we do something a little different here at Last Podcast and Left because our live shows yeah. are a unique experience. We want you to come and have a good time and when you meet people of your same ilk there's a lot of attractive people there there are honestly a lot of Everyone's a lot of incredible. big strong dudes a lot of hot women yep it's very and it's a great night out it's a we have a good night. time absolutely and all we meet as many of you fuckers as we can absolutely um, even not having the meet and greet last time we ended up meeting a bunch of people at the end of the show yeah that was a confusion on the venues part apologies for that uh there in chicago but uh yeah and we always see all out of the bars and all are welcome uh, when it comes because to the last podcast we, on the left. We are all we inclusive have, to everyone. Yeah, and we have a, a problem with drinking problems. <laughs> <laughs> so we're out after the show. You know, I mean, Travis has done very good at, at, at maintaining. I've gone beyond. I've transcended. So yes. now you now you guys can go full. And if bore. you are, if you do have a friend that doesn't drink, just. Please refrain from asking the question, why aren't you drinking? Just trust that they don't want to, and it's great <laughs> to have someone sober when the police show up. So It's nice to have one sober person. You should be thanking that person for not drinking. That was literally, or just don't mention it. Don't mention just it. don't mention the fact that they're not drinking. And that was literally Triple H's role with the click. Everyone else was just hammered, and Triple H just drove them, and he would stay out until 4 in the morning, would start working out at 6 while they were all hungover. So it's actually great to have a sober friend. Um, so, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if the sober friend single, what's best is that then you get to be clear-headed while everybody else is making a fool of themselves. Absolutely. Uh, it's pretty great. Um, so, you know, remember uh-huh. to, I'm going to say, shiv, Uh-oh. gasp, and glove. That's this week. <laughs> that's 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 the that's the lesson, man. <laughs> that's a strange lesson. Strange lesson for this week, but that's all right. Um, oh, okay, everyone, hail yourselves. Hail sweet Satan. Let's do a magustalations. Hail me, if you will. Talk. We got a lot of good content in the last podcast this week. It's going to be real thick. Oh, I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>